Hey everybody, we're back. This is episode 102 of the Q&A podcast. Um, happy belated Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope you had a great holiday, uh, first first holiday of the end of the year. Uh, my name is Anthony, sitting right next to me, as, al- as always, is my pal DeQuincy. Hey guys, what's up? So what you got going on? What you got for us, DQ? Um, well first, I just want to get the elephant out of the room. Uh, this recording is going to sound a little different from usual our usual ones because I got over to Anthony's house to record tonight and found out my microphone, the one we usually use, is down for the count right now. Hopefully I'll be able to get it repaired uh, by next week so we can give you guys the quality you deserve. So we're testing a, a new mic at this point. Yeah. Um, and it'll be, it, it's a good way to gauge whether or not um, we stick with this one or go back to to the original. Yeah, because the mic, this mic right here is really made for like a singular person, so you could have it up to your mouth talking. Right. So right now we have it on the stand, so probably for you hearing this right now, we sound quieter than usual. Yeah, and we're literally sitting next to each other, yeah. which we're I close say that at the beginning of, of the of the of each podcast, but you're more adjacent to me, but it's well that's that's kind of next. But um we're yeah, we're actually like literally next to each other and not across or catty corner from each other. I can literally reach out and punch him right now. Please don't. Uh, no promises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so let's talk about you you were talking about Thanksgiving. Uh let's talk about what happened Thanksgiving night. You were on those ones and twos yet again. Once again, yeah. DJ DJing got the little dipper. Yeah, man, it was um, it was quite a night. It was fun, um, always nerve wracking, because you know it's like music is. I guess music is personal. I, I don't, you know, I don't want to seem too sappy, but you know, it's like I, I you take a risk when you do something like that because you want to make sure that the music you play is. Um, it's suitable for the atmosphere. The people are going to enjoy it. Um, and if people remember the first time you do this, did they like it and are they going to come back for the second round? And so far, so good, man. Um, it was quite a turnout for Thanksgiving night um, downtown on Main Street, which, you know, it's a, it's a venture for a lot of the people that were there. Like, you know, a lot of the people that, that were there don't typically live that close um, to downtown. So for everybody to make the effort to get down there and um, hang out, catch up with friends I haven't seen in a while, catch up with family, because uh, I had a lot of fa- I had a lot of friends and a lot of family show up. Um, it was it was pretty awesome to see that. You know, I just um, how many people did do you think were there? Man, I don't know. I. It felt like there were like somewhere between thirty-five to forty the people that were in that little that little bar, um, just for you, just for you, and that's crazy. Get that many people out on Thanksgiving night. I looked around. I was like, because we had more, you had more people come out to uh, Thanksgiving than you did the first time you did it. So and that was on Mother's Day. And yeah. That was a good turnout too. Yeah, and I was looking around like, damn, y'all all got bored of your families too. I had to <laughs> dip out. Yeah, so. Uh, it, uh, that's what Kyle Kyle told me. He was like, 
I was he told me he was at home with his family playing like a board game like Monopoly or something. He looked at his phone and it was like, "Oh, I got to go." <laughs> I have a, a prior engagement. I have a prior just like and he lives out like in he's in Pearland and yep. I think his family's in Friendswood. I mean, that's a long drive for that guy. Um our friend Laura, shout out to Laura who mm-hmm. is a uh, a loyal, you know, or uh, yeah, loyal listener, you know, great know. friend of Great friend of the show, great yeah. friend of ours, yes, personally. Another um, person who had to come in from Paraland. Yeah, I mean that's that's a long drive, you know, mm-hmm. for for uh, for Thanksgiving night, for any night really. Um, uh, you, you like you come across town basically. You, you're over by on the south side of town. Yes, I'm over there by Reliant. Yeah, so that's a good little drive too. Yeah. Um, did you drive or catch the rail? Oh, I drove. Okay, just making sure. Um, yeah, man, like. Um, for me, it was, it was great. It was, you know, great to see everybody. Great, um, that everybody was out there to, you know, not only listen to what, you know, the music I was playing, but, you know, to support the bar and, you know, um, uh, have fun, you know, and, and enjoy each other's company. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't really have much more to say for myself, but I'm interested in, like, your thoughts. Like, um, you know, as a friend, as someone who, was in attendance. Your thoughts on the music played, the atmosphere, um, what you liked, what maybe you didn't like, stuff like that. Because it know, was terrible. It was all terrible. The music was terrible. That little bar, everything terrible, terrible, terrible. Nah, to be honest with you, it's great. I mean, I like that bar. Um, it's a place that you would definitely pick if we were bar hopping. That I would have no idea exists in downtown Houston. Um, for me, like the music. The music isn't something I listen to in my spare time, so it's nice to break away from just my bubble and listen to something new. Sure. And um, it was, I gotta be honest, it was good conversation music. Not to say, oh, this is terrible, let me go talk. It was like, I can listen to music, and, you know, half the time I was talking to your dad, and we were talking about comics and movies, and, and like, the music wasn't, it wasn't overbearing. We could have a nice conversation, talk to other people, um, tap your foot, bob your head, we can get into it. Um, and then when Laura and um, Kyle. Kyle, yeah, sorry. When Laura and, Laura and Kyle came um, and, and Kyle started ordering drinks and shots, it was, it was the and entire, the at, yeah, but the <laughs> entire atmosphere from the, from the, um, the place we were in, the music, it was all very chill and very nice. I liked it. And, um, I'm glad I've I've been there for two of these, and hopefully there will be many more to come. I hope so too, man. Now, um, if you do a third one, you have to have a DJ name. I'm just saying; those are the rules. That's that is true. We'll, um, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I, again, you know, it's always it's always a risk just exposing people to the music you're interested in. Um, yeah, you just you don't know how people are going to take it, and I think everybody enjoyed it so far. I've, I've heard good stuff from from friends and family alike. So, uh, man, I'm thankful for everybody that showed up. Now, did you play any songs this time that you played last time? On no, Mother's? okay. No, I trying to make sure I don't repeat anything for now. I don't know. I feel like that's something you shouldn't do. I feel like you shouldn't repeat 
Um, but I don't know if that's if it's allowed or what, or if it's hack, or if it's okay. I don't know. But um, for me, like you know, I want to start fresh, clean slate, and um, you know, even if it's similar sounding or a similar kind of vibe, I still want to you know use you know a, a fresh batch of songs that, that I'm listening to. And plus, it's good for me because it's like I don't listen to the you know I make sure I don't listen to the same songs over and over um, you know I didn't listen to that first playlist um, at all after maybe a week after that first gig um, you know I started fresh started over right away and, and um, done the same with with this second list the second playlist I've already uh, moved on and I've started thinking of, of you know songs to play on, on, a, on a new playlist so third one's definitely happening. Is that what we try to tell us? Uh, no, I just like to be prepared. I mean, I, nothing is set in stone. Nothing's been agreed upon. Um, but I just like to be to get prepared a little bit and kind of. And it's fun, you know. It's fun putting together playlists for for anything really, um, or for me at least. That's great. I'm glad. I'm glad you have. What am I looking? I'm trying to see. I'm glad you have something new. In your life, that's like, it's like complete. This whole DJ thing is completely unexpected. I never thought I would get into vinyl, yeah. uh, collecting vinyl, and then it just it found its way into my social life after that. Basically, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I've made really good friends because of it, and um, I've gotten to yeah share this with with really good friends as well. So. And then, you know, like my family comes out and, you know, hangs out, which is cool. And uh, I feel, yeah, I feel like if anybody, like, sharing my music with my family, you know, my aunts and uncles who are older than me, you know, it's like, you know, our, our generations are obviously, you know, apart. So mm -hmm. um, trying to keep them entertained is uh, something that I have to take into consideration as well. I don't know everything about, you know, every era of music. You know, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to broaden these playlists to incorporate everything. You know, at one point, you know, it's, it, you're never going to get it right, but um, or you're never going to get it completely figured out. But you know, I, I do want to incorporate more. Um, Latin music, you know, salsa or Spanish music, um, some more 70s, you know, some more disco, uh, some more maybe country western or, and, and, you know, definitely, you know, more hip hop and stuff like that. You know, there's, there's so many more genres that I have to, um, to really uh, dive into to really expand my, you know, to expand playlists and to expand my own um, tastes in music. How did you pick your playlist? Or, or I should say, how did you pick it? And was it different this time than it was the first time? Um. Well, basically, every every playlist starts off with based or is is based off of the records that I currently own. Mm -hmm. And I I haven't counted how many records I own currently, but. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's basically looking at the records I've posted on Instagram uh, at not Elric and shameless plug. And that's how we do them here. Yeah, you know, I've I've posted I've been posting you know records on Instagram for about a year and a half now. Um, so when I was asked the first time to do this, that's where I definitely that's where most of the play that first playlist came from was that you know. The posts that you know have that preceded that moment, um, so you know a little over a year's worth of posts of pictures that I've, I've posted. Uh, sorry, um, and trying to find the best songs from each of those records. Uh, trying not to double up on on albums. Sometimes, well, this second playlist I I double dipped on a couple of records, and. The first time, I don't think I did that. I think I had a, a, a song from one, or one song from each record uh, the whole night. And so to your original question, it's more about um, having an idea of the environment. So it's like the Little Dipper is, it's a really cool bar that, you know, in the evening it's, you know, they, they've got the lights lowered. Uh, there's cool pictures and posters and paintings and stuff like that. And mirrors, they've got a bunch of, they've got a wall of mirrors, which yeah. is pretty cool. And cool, you know, the, the seating, the... Their wall of mirrors keep messing with me because I keep looking over there and I expect the TV and I'm like, oh, let's put on the Saints Falcons game. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's a mirror. It just looks at me with its lies. There's a cool, uh, they have cool wallpaper. Um, the seating is really cool. So it's like I'm trying to make sure that those sounds are suitable for that you know environment really. Um, I'm also uh, I also well ma mainly it's just stuff that I, I like and stuff that I hope people will like. Um, you know I'm not trying to get too crazy uh, because. Yeah, you know, I, for now, you know. Again, I think it's just stuff that's that I think is appealing, or that's a, that's appealing to me. And then, um, just stuff that you can kind of move move your head to, you know, because it's not. I mean, it's not a, it's not a nightclub. It's not, you know, a, a large spot for dancing and stuff like that. Although we did have some people dancing. Um, it was and for this for Thursday night, it was. Um, also, my parents' anniversary. So, tell the people how long your parents been together. They've been together thirty-two years now, and so um, you know I've made sure to play some songs that that I know they like, and I definitely played their wedding song, um, and so that encouraged them to dance to uh, Benny King's "Stand By Me," um, and then after, like right after that, I played a couple of danceable songs. That I knew that would keep them dancing and pull in a few other people, uh, just to kind of have you know, you know, I wasn't expecting people to dance all night, and, and I shouldn't, and uh, but I felt like in that little moment was was probably the best moment to you know make that happen, just for a few minutes. Um, so yeah, it's just basically what I'm into, and what I think 
is, uh, it's like, it's, I've been to enough bars to like have an idea what, you know, what's good background music. Because like you said, it, it's not about drowning out the conversation. It's not about being the main focus. Um, it's about having it in the background for you to have a conversation with, with my dad or with Laura and Kyle. But at the same time, in the middle of that conversation, a song is playing and it, you, you pull away for that for a brief moment and you say, what is that? And maybe you Shazam it or, or you say, oh, oh man, I haven't heard of that song in, in years or I haven't, um, man, I, I'm glad he played that song or, or whatever, whatever the case is. Um, so it's, it's all about finding that balance, finding that balance of having it in the background and piquing your interest at the same time, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, you did a great job. I mean, I've enjoyed, um, enjoyed the first time, enjoyed the second time, and whenever the third time is, whenever that happens, I hope to be there. And maybe I can bring uh, my girlfriend or... Definitely. Or if my brother's in town, maybe he'll come, you know, bring, bring some more of, of the soul in there. <laughs> That'll work, man. I, I look forward to it. I hope so. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see where it goes from there. All right. Um, Thanks for taking the time to talk about this. Oh, no problem. I want people to listen to this and anyone that's in Houston. We have Houston fans. They can come out to the next one. Yeah. Hopefully, um, I know you put on Facebook, made an event. Next time, we should put it on Twitter and see if we get more people come out there. Definitely. My dream is to one day do a meet and greet. And, uh, you know. <laughs> are, you, are you offering to be my manager? <laughs> uh, not, I know, I'm talking about with the podcast. Oh, okay. Know, yeah. <laughs> Again, I want to do this enough to where people pay us to talk and we no longer have to work our, our jobs. I was hey. going to say government jobs, but you don't work for the government. I do. Oh, you, I is that a government? The, I work for the state. Oh, okay. You work for the state. I work for the city. Okay, our government jobs. <laughs> I think hospital. I don't think state. I yeah. don't think any kind of any kind of federal anything. I just think of a hospital. Okay, so um, let's move on to our second topic. Uh, Bob McNair passed away. When did he die? Friday. 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 Um, age of eighty-one. Eighty. Was he 80 or 81? Because I've seen conflicting reports on how old he was. Well, I saw a headline that said... I saw two headlines that say he was 80 and one... And another one that said 81. I want to say... He, I, I think he was 81. I don't know. Um, I know it might, not, it might not sound like a big deal, but, I mean, it is. You know, it's like... It's... You know... You want to get it right out of respect for the deceased. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just I've seen I literally seen two different um, between ABC thirteen and uh, Fox twenty six have two different ages, so I'm not gonna fight too much about this. Okay, so it says he was born December thirty first, nineteen thirty seven. He died November twenty third, two thousand eighteen, which means he's actually eighty. He was eighty. Just shy of 81. Yeah, I feel like someone put in his birth date, just put in the year 2018, subtract his birth date, and got 81. I know, man. It's, uh, 
it's not something you want. It's not something you can. You're allowed to round up, or you yeah. should round up. Yeah, I feel like that's something that you, that media you really need to get that straight. It's not an algebra problem. It's not an answer yeah. to an algebra yeah. question. Okay, so he died at at the age of eighty. Yes. Um, Almost eighty-one. He was the owner CEO of the Houston Texans. Um, what were your thoughts when you heard he passed away? I was shocked. I mean, I didn't know he was sick, I guess, up until that point, or I didn't know there was anything wrong. Um, I'm almost certain I heard about his fight with cancer in the past. Yes. Um, Same here. I thought it was in remission. And yeah, but see, I don't even know if that was the – did they say if that was the cause of his death? Um, so, yeah, it was very shocking, uh, even at the age of 80. Because as an owner, like, you don't really, you don't think about the owner passing away in the middle of their ownership of the team. Um, and so it was very surprising to, to hear. Um, really sad, of course. Um, and it raises a lot of other questions. I mean, well, I mean, it, not a lot of other questions, but at least one other question. I mean, a, a big one is like, what what happens to the team from here? But that's something we can talk about in a minute. But um, yeah, like you know, my reaction was just that of shock and surprise. Yeah, I thought. But and, and also, I'm sorry, but I mean, I don't, I don't mean to say it. You know, I don't mean to sound cold or be disrespectful, but I mean he. he I mean, he's an old man, you know, you would see him on the field, you know, during games and stuff, and yeah, I mean, he looked kind of sickly, I guess he looked kind of sickly, I mean, when you're, when you're that age, when you're that old, you know, you, you definitely don't look as strong as he did even 10 years ago, mm -hmm. um, so it, it's not, I, I don't think it's... I don't think it is um, a stretch to say that he looks kind of, he looked kind of sickly. I guess it's just because he looked old. And maybe that was just, those two were, you know, in sync, I guess. I mean, I, I agree with you. It came out of nowhere because the whole family was really, um, secretive about his diagnosis and his battle with cancer which right. i understand i mean you don't want everyone to know your personal business 24 24 7 especially when you have the money that they have um yeah and i mean look it's when you're in any form of the public eye whether it's an owner who has a lot of money but isn't on every billboard you know isn't actually playing the game you know, there's still a, a level of publicity and notoriety that you, that, you know, that comes with the territory. Um, so you want to try and maintain as much privacy as you can. You know, whether you're an owner or a player or whoever. You know, if you're in any kind of sports or entertainment venture, your life is pretty much an open book, and you do the best you can to maintain some semblance of privacy. Um, what do you think his lasting legacy will be? Um, he brought football back to Houston. 
you know, the, the, it's been a long road since the team has been back, since the Texans have been um, in, in the NFL. Been a lot of bad years, you know, good years, but. Good years lately have been a lot of bad, yeah. been a lot of downtime. Um, but the reality is, I mean, the guy brought football back to Houston. Um, and it didn't take him a long time to do it. You know, it, it felt like, you know, as a kid, when the when the Oilers left after, what, 96? I think it was the 96 season. Fuck you, Bud Adams. But yeah. continue. It's a good thing I don't know where he's buried because I would do the south side on Bud Adams' grave if I knew where <laughs> it was. I have never... But Bud Adams taking the Oilers out of Houston and having them play in Tennessee and having the damn gall to call them the Tennessee Oilers for a little bit there. Yeah. That literally, like, after that happened, I didn't pay attention to sports, period. I was done. Because that happened, what, like, I think that happened in, like, uh, elementary school, going to middle school. I didn't pay attention to sports literally until the Texans came back. Wow. That ki- like literally that killed my like to the Astros, the Rockets. I was done. Like didn't watch Sports Center anything because yeah. that it broke my heart to watch my football team, my favorite team, growing up, just skip town like that. I just shunned all sports until mm-hmm. you know until I got until I, until the Texans came back in two thousand two. Yeah, and I mean six years without football. Even at that age, like, I was obviously, you know, upset that they were gone because I remember going to football games, you know, you know, Oiler games and stuff, and it was fun as a kid. But I didn't take it as, I guess I didn't take it as bad as you did. I mean, I, I, was still, I still followed the Astros and the Rockets and whatnot. But even with those sports, and even as well as the Astros, you know, were playing during those years, those six years that they were gone, that, that, that football was, you know, not being played in Houston, the Astros, you know, rose, rose to prominence in the city. The Rockets were still coming off the, you know, their, their back-to-back titles and um, trying to win another. They were always contending. They were, you know, top five, you know, in the league every year during that time. And even with all that, and even as a kid, you know, who doesn't really, when you're a kid, you, you know, your, your concept of time isn't, you know, it's not strong. It's Yes, I, I get that with my son. Everything, if it takes an hour, it's like 6,000 years to him. And six years, even as a, as a young boy, you know, probably eight or nine at the time, the six years felt like an eternity. And that's six years where we didn't think we were ever getting a team again. Yeah. It wasn't like there was some plan, okay, you're basically the city of Houston, you're going to be in timeout, and we're going to bring back football in five, ten years. It was literally like, okay, well, okay, we don't have a team right now. Our team left, so that means that the NFL's never going to look at us again. And even if they do come around, mm-hmm. L.A.'s right there. Right. And when you're a kid... Yeah, to that point, like when you're a kid, you don't know who Bob McNair is. You don't even care who Bob McNair is because he's not an athlete. He's not he's not the face of the franchise. But that whole time, Bob McNair is working, 
year after year to get the team to get a team back to Houston. So, you know, you're not, you have no idea, you know, very few people, I guess, unless you're a really hardcore football fan, you know, especially, you know, especially if you're a hardcore Houston football fan, Mm -hmm. nobody really knows what's going on all these years. But in six years, Bob McNair is working to bring football back to Houston. And paid one hell of a price to do it. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember how much he paid? I don't. Seven hundred million. Wow. At a that, time. Yeah, man. that's how much he bid to get football back in Houston. And that was before teams were being yeah. sold for that much. <laughs> yeah, that really that really started the boom that we see now, where teams are being from all sports are being sold and valued at a billion dollars or half a billion dollars. Starting at half a billion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and as a kid, you don't know who Bob McNair is until that first day in 2002 where he's holding up the new Houston Texans jersey. There's no team drafted. There's no team put together. It's just, we're going to have a football team this year. And you see this man on television, and you're like, that's the guy who who made it happen. Mm -hmm. And in that whole time, you had no idea. He had no idea who he was. But in that one moment, you know exactly who that man is. And you never, you'll never, you never forget who that guy is. And that is, I think that's what his legacy is. Is, you know, the man who came out of nowhere almost. I mean, you know, I think, again, for casual fans, for children, a guy who came out of nowhere, out of nowhere, to bring football back to Houston. You know, people say, well, he brought football back to Houston because, you know, he's had all this money and he was working, working, working. But that's not in the headlines every day in those six years. That's not being talked about on sports radio every day for six years. It's just, it, again, you know, unless you following extremely close, you have no idea that this is happening. And then in one day, this guy comes out of nowhere, and for at least for as a, looking at it from a child's perspective, this guy comes out of nowhere and brings football back to Houston, like like that. Yeah, I'm glad, because um, I really think in the city of Houston, that's going to be his legacy. I know there are people, especially on Twitter, talking about his comments that he made. During yeah. the um, anthem, were what do you say? We can't let the inmates run the prison, right? And it's like that's not the saying. It's can't let the inmates run the asylum. But that's besides the point. Sure. Um, that I just want I want to talk about this because I I know people were talking about this. Oh, this is gonna be legacy. It's like that's that's gonna be when it comes to legacy. You can't just look at one thing. That's going to be a part of it. Of course. Him bringing football back to Houston will be a big part of it. Um, what he's done in the, inner, in the inner city, you know, with the Boys and Girls Club and his McNair Foundation, that's going to be part of his legacy. Also him donating uh, money to Republican causes like, uh, what was it, I think Proposition 1, which if I remember correctly, it's basically a discrimination 
you can discriminate for people who are being gay or trans or whatever. And when it came out that he was pushing for, for I think he was in favor of, you know, against trans rights and gay rights. He took his donation back and things like that. So yeah, there. All this makes up his legacy. He yeah. did good, just like all of us. He did great. He did good things. He did bad things. He did things I'm thankful for, like bringing back football. He did things that I that despised. make me yeah despise me, scratch my head. Basically, you know, between that with Prop One and also donating to you know the Trump uh, presidential presidential run. That yeah, because when you see someone who does something like bring football back. I mean, it's again, it's it's a punch to the gut if he does something that you would never think that a, a, a guy who brought your team back would do. Um, yeah, because you think about it, it's like, oh, he did this great thing, he made that made me happy, but you know, sometimes people, especially people who are rich, they're not always gonna make you happy because their ideals are not gonna line up with yours, especially rich white people. Sure. With me being a poor black man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some are upper class. Well, no, um, mid, uh, mid class, middle class, lower middle class, somewhere around there. It just depends how them checks hit. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, they're like yeah, you you said it best. People you either look up to or you have respect for. All people, I'm sorry, what am I saying? All people, no person is perfect. Yep. Um, it's tough though when you perceive someone to be really good when things come out that, you know, things that they're involved with are um, something you wouldn't find you. you wouldn't find yourself involved with. Um, so it, it's tough to accept that that's what happened or that's what's going on. Um, but honestly, I heard more about the bad stuff. I heard more people voice their opinions on inmates running prison than what you just said a few minutes ago about all the work he did for his Boys and Girls Club. Like, I honestly... Yeah, and his McNair um Like, I foundation. wasn't completely aware of the extent of that foundation and how much work they were doing until you just said it. So, you know, it's... Um, you appreciate the good and you, you know... It, the bad stuff or the stuff you're you're not down with, um, I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's there. It's part of it. Yeah, it's you're there. not just gonna sit here and ignore it because it definitely right. happened. I can't. So I can't ignore him. But I'm gonna take everything that he did in his life and in totality, and then make my decision. I'm not just gonna take one terrible thing he did or one great thing he did. Just judge on that. I got like for all humans, if you do something, I gotta take everything that you did. Right. And so it's like, I understand that he, when it comes to my life, football made, him bringing back football to Houston made me very happy. But the things he said, his comments with the whole inmates running the prison 
and well, not just the comment, but just and then it, it, his it's donation the to the Trump, the, tr- the Trump family. It just made me realize how white he really is. Sure, and and really, the comment is what it is, but it represents what where he stands on on that issue, mm-hmm. and I think that's the bigger talking point. You know, it, it's like. Well, we know where he stands. You know, the the, the word is out. Um, and if you listen to this and you disagree, that's your prerogative. You don't have to agree with everything that we say. You can disagree, and you know, yeah. that's and, America, and that's the world. Yeah, we we all don't we all don't agree with everything that you know we believe. I yeah, guess. we have shit we don't agree all the time. Yeah, we have Whatever. different views or different <laughs> understandings of situations of issues and stuff like that every time i think about the remember the xfl podcast we went at it on that one yeah <laughs> well, that's cool. um man anything else you want to say about um oh so what i said earlier that i said we could you know i tabled or i guess now would be mm-hmm. the best time what happens next like you know the team it is there an owner like his son is the um, um, the CEO. Um, I think Kyle, Kyle, Cal, C A L, Cal. Yeah, he's the uh, CEO and he's been running the team. He's really been running the team, and um, Mitch McNair's you know sickness. Sure. So he probably becomes CEO. Um, someone else in the family moves up, but basically this team will stay in the family until they're ready to. Until they're ready to sell and make three billion dollars off, boy. Um, Yeah, so the the checks are coming from the McNair family. Mm -hmm. Still, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's always like. I never. No doubt, there's some kind of like, when you have cancer, especially when you're his age, you have a plan, a will, everything in place for when you leave. So there's no doubt that his uh, affairs were in order. His affairs are already in order after they bury him. We'll um, probably within the next three, two, three weeks, we'll get this, the line of succession, everything. So, Every, especially when you're that rich, you don't want anything to, uh, <laughs> any kinks to pop up, and you no one throw a monkey wrench in your plans for your family after you're gone. So, um, no doubt the will uh, says who does what as far and who gets what as far as the Texans are concerned. Right. So I'm not too worried about that. It would be business as usual. They had the little the de- the decals on their helmets starting this Monday against Tennessee, and they'll just play out the rest of the season for him, and yeah. hopefully make a run in the playoffs. Which, you know, the way the the AFC is playing out right now, I mean, it's Kansas City is the strongest team on paper right now. The Texans are in the third seed because yeah. uh, Pittsburgh lost. So, you know, the usual suspects aren't dominating like they usually do. Uh, New England and Pittsburgh. Um, New England, I think New England either has the same record as the Texans or they're one win better. Let me check. Which, by New England standards, is like a terrible season. <laughs> Because they're not fifteen and one. Oh, they trust me. Fourteen and two. It doesn't matter if they make the playoffs at ten and six or they make it at fifteen and one. As long as they're in and they can make a run at the Super Bowl, they're eight and three. 
So they're one win better than the Texans right now. Yeah. Oh, they probably they won what, today, I guess. I don't yeah, they beat up on the Jets today. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, but um, we talk about different teams. If you ask me, the four teams that will make it to the um, to the championship, I would say it's going to be Rams and Saints in the NFC and the AFC, Chiefs and Patriots. Yeah, and the man, Patriots. I mean, the Chiefs are just ridiculous mm-hmm. this season. Um, so, you know, what was I saying? Um, yeah, I mean, this is like, I mean, not to, again, not to sound cold, but like this, this could be one of those opportunities where making a run is possible. The schedule we have left, with, with the schedule that we have left, which, from what I remember, isn't too intimidating. I'll bring that up in one second. Um, and the fact that nobody. Or, and the fact that New England and Pittsburgh aren't the ones running away with things right now. Um, I guess it's more, it's more Kansas City. All right, here you go. For the rest of the season, so they play the Titans tomorrow on Monday Night Football. Next game will be against the Browns. Colt, let me start. At Browns, then at the Colts. Shit, I'm sorry. So Monday Night Football here. Home against the Titans. And then here for the Browns, here for the Colts, at Jets, at Eagles, and then a fence season home for the Jags. So, not the scariest before, remaining schedule. Before the season, I would say that Eagles game was going to be one of the most difficult games, their most difficult game the entire year. And now, you know, these six games of the Colts, Like who do you think is the most difficult, most difficult game they have left? I'm gonna say Jacksonville. We always kind of have, you know, Jacksonville just seems to be like that team that lately is, you know, they've got enough weapons out there. It's just that you know, it's a matter of putting them together. The thing about that game is if they go four and one, in the five games before Jacksonville. If they're eleven and four heading into the game, they might be just stuck into the seating, and the game may not matter. Mm. So then it could be it, then it's probably the Colts that'll be the toughest one. Yeah, because Andrew Luck has put it together. He's he's just flinging that ball. He's finally returning to form. Mm. Um. So with that, I mean, yeah, the the schedule that doesn't look too intimidating. Mm. I think that game against the Jets is on a Saturday night. Ooh, nice. I like Saturday night football. I'm not opposed to it. I'm checking right now. I may be wrong. Uh, can, can you take your Um, The fact that New England and, and Pittsburgh have, haven't looked invincible this year. Why not make this, and, and, and you know, this, again, this being like the catalyst that drives the team to uh, to make some noise, to finally make some noise in the playoffs. You know, again, not to sound cold, but it was something that everybody talked about. 
Like, look what Harvey did for the Astros last year. You know, it was just kind of that that motivator that did so much for more than just the team. Um, yeah, yeah, no complaints. You're right. Yeah, it's on Saturday. That game is on Saturday. Oh, okay. Um, you know, the passing of an owner, something like that, you know, that could be something that the team rallies behind and, and gets closer to the Super Bowl than ever. Who, who knows? I, I don't I, you know. Who knows? Who knows indeed? We'll see. Um, hopefully, first step will be taking care of business Monday and then make a run at this division. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking. The internet sure. is... The internet's interneting. Uh-oh. Well, regardless, rest easy, Bob McNair. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, I'm currently looking online for a new microphone. Huh. I'm looking for a stand for for your, for you so we can do these podcasts where I can stay at home and we can do like two a week or three a week. I'm gonna start robbing your credit. I'm gonna hit you with some identity fraud and rob your credit. Please don't, because that happened recently. It happened to me last month. It, I got mailed some Xbox game code that they charged fifty dollars on my account. Like they hacked into my eBay account, and I was like, I don't, I don't have Xbox. (laughs) No, they um they skinned my uh, credit, my uh, debit card, and. Spent like three hundred and forty dollars oh on alcohol. Holy moly! Yeah, it was like four or no, it was like five separate charges of like anywhere between fifty to eighty dollars. Oh and they hit me. Thank God for um, BBVA. Like I went in there and I, t- I spoke to them like, look, man, I, look, <laughs> I wouldn't buy this that much alcohol in my in my life. I'm, those days are long gone. Right. I'm washed now. And I was like, oh, no problem, Mrs. Orzi. And they took care of it, and I got my money back within a week. Oh, that's great, man. Man, I'm sorry you had to go through that. But. I'm sorry it happened to you. I'm like, look at him, like, God damn, they got me good. Man, they sure did. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. It sucks. Now I, gotta, now I go in, now I'm like paranoid. Mm-hmm. So I go inside. To, I either use cash or card inside. I don't use a machine anymore. When I go to the gas station now, I, I grab the. The card, the the, the reader, yeah, to make sure there's nothing in there. Because I've seen where like they, they have something like the the device like covers it and mm. they just pull it out and they, so I'm like grabbing it to make sure <laughs> you know nothing's, you know that's it's not a fake where they're they're stealing things, stealing numbers. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, but no, you don't have to. You don't have to rob me, dude. You just say, "Hey, I need you to buy this." <laughs> I, I prefer it. <laughs> I got a boom. I got a stand for fifteen dollars. Okay. Look at it. Here you go. You can send it to me. I'll. I'll... Oh, there you go. Just a regular oh, ass stand. That's nice. Yeah, just just don't rob me. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of it. Buy it. I'm gonna hit you up. You got you got PayPal. You got the pay. You got the cash app. <laughs> yeah. Get the cash app. But um, <laughs> get the cash app. Get spend some of this money you got. Spend some of this big uh, med, uh state money. 
Alright, uh, what else? Uh, I'm not sure what else you have for us. I got one subject, but I'm not sure how far you want to go into it. What is it? Uh, something that blew up yesterday. Okay. This whole Dwight Howard situation. <laughs> okay, so I saw something about this on Facebook, on some mm-hmm. Rockets fan page, I think. Is this like is this a real story? Because when I saw it, I thought maybe this person um, photoshopped the headlines. Because you know, as much as I love the Rock, as much as I love Houston sports, our fans, um, especially on some of these fan pages I, I follow, they're not the nicest people in the world, and um, they say and post things that. Um, Aren't the nicest things to say and post. But you know what? Because we're... And especially when it comes to people they really don't like, yeah. such as Dwight Howard. You know what? Before we even start the story, we're going to say this entire thing, let's just say everything is just being alleged right now. We don't have any real solid evidence. Yeah. Dwight Howard has not come out and admitted any of this. So for right now, everything is under the veil of... Suspicion and alleged. Mm. And the headline that I saw wasn't photoshopped by some, you know, fan or whatever. It It's an actual legitimate headline from some website. I don't remember, you know, the, the, the headline that they, or the website they posted it from. So, but I'm still not caught up on the whole situation. Well... Yesterday, a do you know the name of the person? Because uh, I I want to go directly to the tweets. I don't know the name. I don't know who it is, but I I will pull. There it is. Yeah. Okay. So I pulled up the thread. I did just look it up right now. Okay. So start with the first tweet. And how would you say this name? I don't know. Maxine, Maxine, Laje, at that name. Okay. Mason, Mason, maybe I don't know. Uh, so you want me to read these tweets? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Okay. Or would you be more comfortable if I did it? Because I feel like you would be more comfortable if I did it. Uh, yeah, I guess if you want to. Okay, I found it. I was afraid to speak. I was afraid to speak, but today my life was threatened after I was sexually harassed, threatened, and manipulated by someone I respected. My ex-boyfriend, NBA player Dwight Howard, and his camp also catfished by his disrespectful-ass pastor. And I am reading along with the, these tweets. Uh, let's see. Before we start, just need to say it's really about his team and his crooked pastor threatening my life over an unsigned NDA, and he's been trying to intimidate me into taking hush money for what they did to me. Uh, okay. So, starting off, to start, you asked, um, before we started recording, you asked me to look at the picture of this person, and what would I think? And I looked at it, I was like, oh, this is a trans woman. 
Okay. And for you, I feel like people should know what that means, but people still don't know what that means. I feel like I know, but I'm still. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. So when I say I still tra- get confused. So when I say man. trans woman, that means someone who was born a man, but identifies as a woman and is in the. Is in the process of transitioning to a woman. Uh, let's see. I met Dwight a while back at Wallin' Out. Um, a week later, he was in my DMs. Um, I told him to hit me from my Finsta account, from his Finsta, which is a fake Instagram page. Which, Juice. I, I love that the, they put fake page in, in parentheses because honestly, you had no I idea. had no idea what Finsta was. Think of it like a burner phone. Sure. Well, no, fake page. That's perfect. No, I'm talking about for people who don't know. Okay. Uh, so our conversation would get leaked. Uh, our com- Okay, going on. A conversation started, escalated to nudes being sent, escalated to me blowing his mind and calling him every night on Instagram video chat. chat. Time went by and things and shit started getting serious. Uh, I kept real with him. He kept real with me about everything except one thing. I fast forward, I'm face to face, and from that day, after that day, from my understand, understanding, we had understanding. So, and then she uploaded a screenshot from Instagram. And Instagram is, it's a video, and it starts off her, her asking uh, Dwight Howard, does your mother, brother, friends know that you like to deal with trans and men? Or is that something you've kept to yourself? Dwight responds, why are you asking me for? So, off the gate, when I read that, it says, why are you asking me for? He he does that. He's into men, transgender, and women. And I just want to say right here, right now, that if that's what he's into, that's what he's into. I got nothing against people who are gay or trans or whatever, that's your life and you have the right to live as you see fit. Just like I have the right to live as a black man, you have the right to live as a trans person, a gay person, polyamorous, whatever. You, As long as you're not, you know, hurting anybody, mm-hmm. your life is your life and I, I want you to live the best you can. So even... But what really, what pisses me off is outing someone. If someone isn't... Right. If someone isn't, you know, if they're not out with their... their um, being gay or being into trans and they're not comfortable with telling people that you as someone who is dealing with that person as a gay person as a trans person you don't have any right to come out and tell the world that's what they're into especially when you're trying to um, you're trying to make or you're trying to get people to take you seriously and take you as a legitimate cause, um, or to or to take the problems that you have in that community seriously, and as a legitimate problem. So just because you are trans or gay or whatever doesn't give you the right to out someone that it, that that may be or is allegedly, um, it, it, because. That's just that's counterproductive to everything. Yeah, you everything that you are struggling with and fighting for, it's counterproductive. To yes, that. you can't be a person who who's a trans woman talking about oh, tr- trans women are women too. It's if you like a trans woman, 
there's nothing wrong with you. You're not gay or anything. You still like women. And then turn around and say, oh, look at him. He's with a trans person. Right. It's like, it can't be both. You can't be for trans rights. And then when someone's messing or dating a trans woman, come out like, oh, look at this this gay boy. Look at him messing with man. It's like, well, hold on. You, you're, him, you're invalidating your own point. Right. Let him. Don't, don't. You don't need to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. That's that's his decision. Okay, fast forward. Um, so this is where it should have ended. Like, just the, before before this person even started posting all of this, this confrontation or uh, yeah, this you know we're finally they're finally having this discussion. That should have been the end of it. Mm-hmm. So going on. She, there's phone calls. I'm not gonna play them on on podcasts. You just you follow find her on Twitter. So I'm sorry. I should stop saying her because apparently this person doesn't identify as a trans. They say he's actually just a gay male who likes cross dressing. Yes. So it's like I it's 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 a man. So I call him a he. But still, it, the entire thing feels weird because I'm like. I need to know where pronouns to use because I don't want to be a jackass. You understand? I want to make sure I, I identify everyone correctly. Sure. Okay, so apparently there was... Okay, going on. So there's someone else, a transgender prostitute that he also had an understanding with. Moving on. Uh, I thought she was a prostitute, but as my friend took a deeper look into her page. She actually hosts transgender sex parties that Dwight Howard allegedly often attends. And there's no conversation that she had. I'm sorry, that he had there posted. Uh, Typical guy lying. I didn't mind cheating, but you're allegedly at transgender sex parties sticking your penis in everyone raw. Okay, Magic 2.0 with Amnesia. There's another clip. And then... I see some of her, sorry, persons. some of the person's tweets have been deleted because later on it goes on to say that the uh, one of the uh, a person in Dwight Howard's group, the pastor was calling and being threatening and uh, th- uh, they're asking him to sign an MDA to not talk and then get, get cashed out and just refuse. And this whole situation is just... Fucking nuts. So the so from what I'm gathering, the problem okay. is. Okay. Let's see. Allegedly, Calvin and Dwight's Calvin is the pastor. Oh, Calvin works for Dwight, and Calvin began irate, disrespectful, and homophobic. As I continued to deny his hush money, I wasn't signing the NDA. He tried to insult my intelligence, telling me Dwight doesn't know me. I never spoke to Dwight despite meeting him. Allegedly, Dwight and Calvin's camp began telling me things like, we know where you're at, we're watching you, we saw what building you came out of, even went as deep as telling me you're, you're going to find a new residence. Okay, now we're getting into threats. Right. And... As... As wrong as, well, I guess the only reason why this person decided to, the, the only reason why this person 
put all this out was because of the threats. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it was just because they felt like they, you know, they just because they felt like scorning mm -hmm. Dwight Howard and, and they decided to do this, that's a whole different issue. It's, hey, who are you to to out this guy? You know, just because you know, he cheated on you or whatever, or whatever. Just because you're not happy with this person anymore. So at this point, I'm afraid of, for my life. I'm panicking. I'm having anxiety attacks. And for a whole week, I was bullied by T Dwight's team. And Dwight Howard stood there and allowed his teeth to harass me. And I became a, quote, F word in a wig. I'm not saying that word. When Dwight is a 6'11 bottom. Right, so now it's... Quick tangent. I was listening to the podcast. It's called... Um, uh, what's it called? Oh. Shit, now I, I, I can see it in my head, but now I can't remember what the damn password is called, what the damn show is called. So now it's just a matter of this Keep person. it. That's the podcast. It's called Keep It. And it has two gay men on there. And when they were reading something and they threw around the F the F word. And I was like, oh, God. Like, and they said it. And I'm like, oh, God. Because I'm like, is this how white people feel when they hear when they hear just black people say nigga? Because I was like, oh, God. I can't say that word. Of course. It's exactly <laughs> what it's like. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Which one? So the only reason why this person putting all this out is because they feel threatened. They feel threatened by Dwight Howard and his camp and his pastor, apparently. Good godly man threatening some gay person. That's the funniest thing about this to me. I'm not here for the trans joke, the homophobic jokes. That That's not funny. But funny to me is Dwight Howard came out of high school as the Christian boy and, you know, he's going to do all everything. Nothing else. He's going to do everything right by the Bible, by Jesus, and he was raised by, I think his parents were big in the church, I think his father was a pastor, and now, look at him, he has five baby mamas, and he's out here Oh, that's right. He messing, have... he's out with trans women and um, gay men, it was like, what a twist, Dwight, what a twist. He's, he's living a, a very Sodom and Gomorrah. Hedonistic lifestyle. He, there you go. That's the word. I just, I don't think, I don't care about his sexuality, is the first and foremost. If he wants to sleep with women, he can sleep with women, wants to sleep with men, sleep with men, whatever makes him happy, and whatever makes his his dick jump, that's on him, and God bless him. Right. Um, what's really messed up, and also kind of funny, is the pastor out here threatening and, you know, Talking about we're gonna we know where you live and I'm like God damn the pastor coming out here with the AK that pastor got the chopper about to blow up the block, God damn, um, that's all I find funny about this. I, what I find sad is like if this is true and this is really who Dwight Howard is, I feel sad that he had to he's had to hide this for so long. Yeah, I mean. Because it's now at this point where you're making threats and like, like the if fact that you the the fact that you haven't been comfortable enough to and look 
if you want to keep it private, that's fine. That's your business to keep it private. Yeah. But the fact that you're so uncomfortable with it that even in private, like in the privacy of this situation, you've resorted to threats, yeah. allegedly threats and intimidation, where it's because of that, it's caused this person to take the actions they've taken and say, hey, this is what's going on with Dwight Howard, allegedly. So, yeah, I mean, do what you want to do, do who you want to do, but, you know, you have to be comfortable, you have to own up to your choices, you know, you have to be willing to um, accept the, not, not responsibility, but accept the, um, accept the situation for what it is. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, if you're, again, if you're not comfortable with that, that's on you. If he had just had sex with this person and broke it off, we probably would have never heard about any of this. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, again, it's, the result is the same. It doesn't matter if, you know, well, I mean, no. The result um, wound up being a similar result that happens in a lot of uh, these situations. Mm -hmm. It's a man, or it's a, not just a superstar athlete, but it's any man or whatever winds up cheating on his, on his wife, his girlfriend, whoever. And I guess the more notoriety you have, the more incentive or the the harsher the burn, so it empowers that person to let it all out. Say, hey, this basketball player cheated on me, or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't change. It doesn't help that it, Dwight it, Howard isn't liked, so... Right. But it doesn't doesn't change if it's a man and a man. Like, yeah. The feelings, the emotions are still similar, obviously, because this person felt betrayed just like women feel betrayed when their men cheat on them just like men feel betrayed when their women cheat on them uh, the emotions are, are no different in any relationship I guess yeah cause and if he yeah like you said if he had just ended it you know if he manned up and just got out of it probably wouldn't be in this situation I really think to myself, if I was 10 years younger, would I find this situation funny? Uh, like when I see the jokes that have been thrown around and, you know, laugh at it. I'm not saying this to um, make you feel bad, mm -hmm. but I think you would, yeah. You're 10 years younger, you know. You, we're, you're you're a lot different than 
when I've been, I've known you in like 10 years, for about more than 10 years now. And I feel like you're a different guy than you were back then. Yeah. You know, I feel like, um, I, don't, I don't mean this negatively, but I'm not saying you're a better person because you've always been a good person, to me at least. You know, our, our friendship has always been one of the strongest friendships I've ever had. We've definitely had <laughs> we've definitely had our um, our battles. Mm -hmm. You know, we've definitely but the older we've gotten, you know, those the, the last time you and I had a, a major disagreement it, it feels like forever ago. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, in my eyes, like you're you you're you're a changed person. And you're a better person, not because you needed to be a better person. You're that's what, actually that's what I probably should have said. You're a better person, not because you needed to be a better person, but just because you you've just continued that progression. Because um, you've always been a good person in my eyes. So, but ten years ago, yeah, I think you would have laughed at all this. I think we all would have. And not only that, but ten years ago, no one was as sensitive and, not sensitive, but um, as, yeah, no, no one was as sensitive to the, to these issues. You know, we didn't have the same sensibilities towards these issues as we do now. The same understandings towards these issues, or the same, um, you know, understanding, but. Respect. Right. Same respect to these issues as we did 10 years ago. Well, I'm glad I'm not the same child I was 10 years ago. Know what that's called? Growth. Yeah. I just hope that uh, whatever happened in the situation, if this is true, D Dwight Howard is able to come out and, you know, just be happy with himself, you know? Of course. But it doesn't look like that at this point. I mean, if you're resorting to... Allegedly resorting to threats and intimidation. Yes, say allegedly. We do not want to get sued. Not you are not. Doesn't seem like you're any closer to comfort and happiness than you were two days ago before this story, you know, came out. Yeah. Um, if you get a chance, listen to those um, audio recordings and. Uh, text me what you think about those. Okay. Um, anything else you like to talk about, man? Um, I don't know. Well, we're watching Sunday Night Football while we're recording. Just got it on mute in the background. Oh, you know what? We are actually um, we're going head-to-head -head fantasy football this week. Yeah, something I didn't know until the afternoon game started. And currently... We're recording this on Sunday night, and I am currently winning 99 to 82. I have one player playing in this Sunday night game, and that's my last player for the week. That's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, only got me eight points so far. Um, what are we in the third quarter right now? Yeah. All right, so you that dog. He's got some time. You, on the other hand, have one more. Also, have one more player, but that's not until tomorrow night. The man's name is. 
DeAndre Hopkins of Houston Texans. So Aaron Rodgers better score me at least 15 more points to make just, me feel comfortable. Well, he just ran into his own offensive lineman, so that can't yeah, so feel good. not looking good. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait till they fire Mark McCarthy and actually give him a decent offense, offensive plan. Yeah, it's amazing what he's done, you know, under this the system all God, of these if years. He, if he had Bill Belichick, he'd have seven rings by now. And I, that's a fact. I don't even I don't care. Well, even Tom don't Brady at said me. That. Don't uh, debate your grandma. Don't come at me because that's that's all fact. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure you got this week in hand, unless you know Texans score 57 points tomorrow night, or Deshaun Watson throws a you know. 75-yard touchdown to Hopkins. That, that could very well happen, too. Yes, I should have started Watkins. Uh, I can't even say I should have started Watkins, um, Deshaun Watson, because my other quarterback is Drew Brees. So. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> There's no way. That's just, that's silly. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure, I don't even think I'm making the playoffs this year. I have not, I paid no attention to uh, fantasy football. I've been in and out of it. I've been doing this pick skin pick on and right now I'm in second place. Nice. Um, if I lose, it's going to be because of week 11. Because week 11, I got one game right. Really? <laughs> yeah. Week 11 killed a bunch of us. There were a bunch of people who got three, four. I got one. Oh. I don't even know. It was like a, a, just a miracle I got that one. I got, I think I got like seven or eight heading into this um, this nice. week right here. So is this it for fantasy football for us? I feel like, I, I mean, I enjoy playing fantasy football. I enjoy fantasy football, fantasy baseball. Um, but the reality is it's basically me, you, and your brother. And for football, our good buddy Robert Smith. Not Robert Smith of The Cure, but a different Robert Smith. Robert's still in. Oh, I didn't know Robert was in. Well, so I hung out with him two weeks ago. We, we went and watched a couple of football games on a Sunday. Oh, because it was his idea because we were going up against each other head-to-head that, that oh. weekend. And he told me about messaging you that he was out. Mm-hmm. And you're, I remember when you told me, you told me that day. And I was like, oh, man, what a bummer. But he told me what happened was uh, just before he was going, going to delete his team or whatever or, or you, know, you know, give up on it, he looked at the auto-draft. And it was a good team. And it was a monster team. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to hang out. I'm going to stick around this this season. And I, and I looked at his team. I, I couldn't believe some of the players he got just through auto-draft. I don't know if you can pull it up real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, we got a 15-team league? Ten. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 12. 12. Oh, I'm sorry. Gosh. Yeah, it's three. It's, I'm looking at divisions. It's three, four team divisions. I'm sorry. Um, guess how many teams are above 500? <laughs> four? Yeah. <laughs> the four of us? Nope. I am five and six. Oh, my God. Or six and five? Yeah, I'm five and six. I've had a terrible season this year. I don't even think I'm making the playoffs this year. Come losing this week. Right now I'm in I'm in the sixth seed. I'm sure I'm gonna get bounced out. Either I'm here, I'm not gonna make it. Or I'm gonna get knocked out. 
No, they don't. Um, Are you looking at his team? Oh, they got an auto draft. I, I did. It was a good team. I saw that much. Sorry, I was thinking about me, and I just disagreed. That's okay. Big Easy, right? That's his yeah. name. Uh, Carson Wentz, James Conner. We got lucky with Jay. He picked James Conner up as soon as Le'Veon said, I'm not playing this yeah. year. Gus Edwards, I don't know who that is. Stephon Diggs, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Trey Burke, Bears defense. Yeah, I don't. I feel good about my team. That receiving core he got is mm-hmm. pretty stout. Yeah, I like you said. After a few players at running back, it's like it's downhill quick. Yeah. Let me ask you this real quick. It's been that way for a couple of years. Oh, playoffs start next week. Yes. Oh shit. Let me ask you this real mm-hmm. quick. I'm going back to football. Yeah. I know we talked about the Texans earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, why can't we draft? An elite running back. Is it just because our system just doesn't call for one? Because I look at, like, how did the Cowboys get Ezekiel Elliott? How did the Giants get Saquon Barkley? You know, guys like that who are incredibly explosive running back. You know, who made waves already in their short time times in the league. It's like, why can't we get someone like that, you know? You know, Lamar Miller was a nice signing. Um, Alfred Blue has been solid. But it's like none of those guys pose the threats, pose the threat that a Saquon Barkley does or an Ezekiel Elliott does. And it's just like, why can't we have that? Why can't we have those nice things? Well, they never picked a running back in the first round. All right. So I thought about that. Let's see. It's just some, like, you can, I don't know what it is, because you can always find, you can find a decent running back. It doesn't have to be a first round guy. Right, but, but there's a big difference between a decent running back and an all pro running back after, you know, one or two years, and that's what, Barkley and, and Elliott are looking like, and you know, Mike. I was saying, if you're if you're going, you know, you're a GM. You're looking at how football is played now. It's played through the air more than at any time in NFL's history. But True. what? Well, I'm gonna get a good quarterback. I'm gonna get a line to protect them. I'm gonna get some wide receivers and a running back who can do running back things when it's called for. But look, well, yeah, and I was gonna say, look at the Giants, but. Then again, look at the Giants. Yes. But if you look at them offensively, like they've got a quarterback that's very well established, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, however you want to take that. Um, a quarterback on his farewell tour, but okay. Fair, yeah. Um, and you've got an elite superstar wide receiver and a burgeoning elite superstar running back. Like, don't you kind of need all three pieces? I mean, unless you're the Patriots, obviously. 
not in this league. If you have what you need is a court, you need a quarterback, one wide receiver, a strong offensive line, an edge rusher, and a cover corner, and you can easily make the Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's just it's just so nice watching Elliott and Barkley play. Like it just make watching them make the plays that they do, make the plays that they make. And, uh, I don't know. It's just something that's been on my mind recently. It's weird, but it's kind of a mini rant. Mini rant over. Oh. All right. Anything else for you, my friend? Uh, no, that's it. I'm, I'm good on this end. Okay, I got some things to say. First off, we're on Spotify. Yes. Secondly, we are now on Stitcher. Cool. Yeah, that went through... I believe Monday or Tuesday I got the email saying that we were on Stitcher. I'll make sure to put out the link um, when I post the podcast on Twitter on tomorrow. Um, I like how it's like these big, huge, you know, app Stitcher. And platforms. Yeah, pa- platforms. And it's like, I'm, like, I apply. I'm like, well, I won't hear from them for a week. And it's like, oh, the next day, hey, good news, you've been approved. <laughs> it's like, this little podunk podcast gets approved in a day. All right, I'm not going to complain. I'm just thinking it's weird. Um, secondly, going through, like, I'm obsessed with looking at the damn numbers. I don't know why I really should stop. Because um, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm a nerd. I love numbers. Um, shout out whoever in Maryland is downloading this podcast. We got more hits in the last month, month and a half from Maryland than we did in Texas. Wow. Thanks to Maryland. Yeah, last three months, Maryland, yeah, has done more downloads than Texas, which is, like, great. It's, like, Maryland, Texas, New Jersey, and Florida. Those states are all right in my book. Yes. We don't. We never get middle America. <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'll just leave it at that. You were going to make a You were going to make a joke. All time, Texas is number one, followed by California. And now, Maryland has creeped up. So, thank you, Marylandites? Marylanders? Maryland, Marylanders? Maryland people? Thank you for downloading and listening. In fact, thank all of you for downloading, listening, streaming, however you do this. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, I'm going to set up an email so people can email us comments and things they want to talk about or they want us to talk about i'm also going to try to set up a uh, a patreon uh thing about the patreon is you know people they'll they give you money and um of course you gotta give them something back right either they're in the show or things like that it's like tears of how much money they give and what what they give back for the money and so I'm like, oh, I gotta think of what to give, because I'm currently I got I'm on one Patreon the um, the South Congress podcast. Give them five bucks a month for their their excellent service. My boy Cameron. In fact, I'm wearing their shirt right now. Nice on their shirts. Um, so we we'll work on that. Um, damn, I had something else I want to say, but I lost my train of thought. Email address Patreon. Thank you 
for you. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, you have anything else, my friend? Just always, always thank you to whoever's listening, wherever they're listening. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's great to be able to uh, extend our reach more and more each, each time out. I think getting on Spotify, getting on Stitcher, been big. Well, especially Spotify, because we're just, you know, we'll see what it's like with Stitcher, but uh, I think it is, uh, it's helping already. I think, you know, the dividends are starting to pay, pay off slightly, a little bit. So I like it. We reach more people. Again, hopefully we'll be able to quit our government jobs and <laughs> <laughs> go somewhere where they pay us to talk. That is the dream. Oh, last thing. I ordered your um, your microphone. should be here Wednesday. Okay. Your mic stand, sorry. Cool. Yeah, Wednesday. All right. Thanks, sir. That's it. I'm done. I'm talked out. I'm ready to go home. All right. For Anthony, this is the Quincy. And hopefully we'll have a better mic next week. Cross your fingers. My mic is fixed. Later, babies. <laughs>